Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Listen for the word of the Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, my beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Thanks be to God for the reading and the hearing of this portion of his holy word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. To you be all praise and glory as we pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A pastor who writes a weekly newspaper column received the following letter. Dear Pastor, I am 26 years old and in the newspaper business myself. Life for me is a desert empty of comfort. I cannot find pleasure in food or drink, nor do the arts give me joy any longer. The leopard of discontent walks the streets of my city the lion of discouragement crouches outside the walls of my citadel. All is desolation and a vexation of the spirit. How can I believe? How can I have faith in this day and age? Signed, a regular reader. We've all known those feelings. None of us have been spared discontent and discouragement in our lives. And sometimes, as that young journalist, it seems that we can find nothing but misery and despair. We feel like the lion who walked through the wilderness, proclaiming his power wherever he could. Who is king of the forest? He asked a giraffe. You are, master, came the reply. He walked away proudly. Later on, he came upon a chimpanzee. And asked the same question, who is king of the forest? And the response was, you are, master. He walked away confidently. Finally, the lion happened upon an elephant and posed the same inquiry. Who is king of the forest, he asked. Whereupon the elephant picked him up with his trunk, hurled him against a tree, slammed him to the ground, shaking the earth beneath the lion, with blurry eyes and a dizzy head, looked up at the elephant and exclaimed, Don't get mad just because you don't know the answer. 
all of us, all of us feel like that lion from time to time. No matter how much we assert ourselves, we always seem to get knocked down. Regardless of how kingly or queenly we might feel, there is always an elephant along the way that knocks us out of breath and throws us to the ground. Yes, we're like that. So were Peter and James and John. Our scripture lesson describes something that changed all that for them. Let's look further at what happened. He had come out of nowhere and into their lives. For years they had lived a, a suitable but not necessarily satisfying existence, dealing with life as it came along and accepting most things as they appeared to be. But then he showed up and turned everything upside down. They all knew he was very special, but no one could quite put it into words. His background seemed no more than ordinary. He worked with his hands, but in a very different way. He had a way of touching people that changed the way they lived. He touched a blind man here and an outcast woman there. He touched beggars and lepers. He touched a tax collector sitting in a tree and children playing on the ground. Yes, for three years they had followed him and marveled at his words. He was the answer to their deepest longing and their highest hopes, and they were his devoted disciples. Toward the end of that third year, though, that motley group was getting tired, undone by the magnitude of human need that, that pressed in upon them day after day. They were exhausted, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. Then one afternoon, he took these three of his closest disciples up to the top of a mountain. And it was there on the mountaintop that something significant happened. Suddenly, Peter, James, and John saw Jesus in an entirely different way. His presence radiated about them, and it seemed as if God's voice spoke directly to them, telling them that Jesus had come to redeem their lives. There on top of the mountain, those three disciples realized there was more to Jesus than they had ever seen before. He wasn't just a man of God. He was the Son of God. He wasn't simply a messenger preaching about the kingdom. He was the Messiah ushering in the kingdom. There in the midst of more mystery than they'd ever encountered, Jesus became their Savior and Lord. They went up the mountain interested in his philosophy. They came down the mountain committed to him. Yes, Peter, James, and John had a powerful religious experience. They were changed. They had experienced the splendor of Christ on the mountaintop, and they would never be the same again. Somewhere along the way, every Christian disciple needs an experience like that. We may not see visions of Moses or Elijah. We may not behold the, the face of Christ shining forth like a beacon of light. But at some point, we must encounter Christ in a very personal way and accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. Many people today have never known what it's like to go up to the, to the mountaintop 
They've accepted the Christian faith as a philosophy of life that makes sense and which calls them to be better people. They may even go to church occasionally. They are religious people, just like Peter, James, and John were before going on top of the mountain. Belief in God is important for them, they say, yet they are cautious enough to never really let the Lord take control of their lives. Over the years, these people slowly lose heart. Day after day, they live in the valley under all kinds of pressure and in the presence of many types of tensions. They're good people, and they give it all they've got. But soon they discover that what they have is not enough. They're not unrighteous. That's not their problem. Their problem is that they have never experienced the splendor of the mountaintop. They have never had that uplifting experience which impresses upon their heart that Jesus is their Redeemer and that He offers them all the power and perseverance of God. Friends, Jesus Christ fills our emptiness, overcomes our despair, picks us up off the ground, and gives our lives meaning and value and joy. In short, Christ makes us the very best we can be. Have you experienced the splendor of the mountaintop? Once people have made it to the mountaintop, they never look at life the same again. Now understand, God doesn't want Christians only to fool around on the mountaintop. Neither does God want disciples only to fret about in the valley. God wants people of faith to live and witness in the valley, but to keep the vision of the mountaintop in their hearts. When you have experienced the splendor of the mountaintop, you never forget who you are. Sean Kirk recalls a time when he was sitting quietly on a hill overlooking the city of Edinburgh, Scotland. He noticed a peasant walking up the hill. The man came up and sat down nearby. After a long period of time, the man turned and asked, Do you have a match? Dr. Kirk nodded, and the old man took out his pipe and lit it. There was another period of silence. The man's coat was torn and dirty. His hands were rough. Yet there was a marvelous glow about his face. After what seemed like an eternity, the old man spoke, I'm a shoemaker by trade. I live down there in the city by the cow gate. It's an unclean place. Where I live, there is swearing and drinking and fighting all day, every day. But every now and then, I come up here on the hill and take a look at this to remind me who I am. Oh, that such a mountaintop experience should happen to us. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of your Son who shows us how much you love us. May each one of us experience the splendor of your grace that we might truly be all that you created us to be and serve you faithfully all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.